Welcome to the Trial Talks Podcast, a thought-provoking series surrounding clinical trial research. We'll be exploring current and future trends of the ever-changing clinical trial landscape as we discuss a variety of topics including virtual trials, patient centricity, novel and unique research, pandemic impact, and more. Join us and our expert guests on a journey through the evolution of clinical trials. Welcome to another special edition of Trial Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Fred Martin, Chief Product Officer of Medrio, and I am joined by Medrio's RTSM subject matter expert, Ian Davison. We're going to talk about data quality, waste reduction, and RTSM benefits. Ian is a clinical trial technologist with over 18 years of experience in the space. He is also our resident RTSM expert. I just gave an extremely brief introduction, Ian. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and why you're passionate about clinical trial technology? Yeah, thanks, Fred. So um, as as you say, I've been in clinical trials for um, a few years now. So I started off um, working for a large CRO, um, working in their information technology group, and I gradually migrated into what at the time um, was interactive voice response systems. So I used to run the IVR group for a large CRO and then um, left to set up what we thought um, correctly at the time was a more sensible way of of managing um, the subjects and the medication through a clinical trial, which was to do it using the web um, rather than through um, sometimes quite laborious voice response systems. So myself and my colleagues, um, we've we've been running um, RTSM systems, um, web-enabled, for um, over 18 years now, as you say. And our passion really is to make sure that the trial runs efficiently. So to make sure that um, when a subject comes in, um, we know what visit they're coming in for, um, we know what treatment arm they're on, and we make sure that there's medication there for them to um, for them to be supplied with. Fantastic, thank you. So you started hitting on it, but let's start with the basics. Why is EDC and RTSM integration critical um, in clinical trials and what are the benefits? Well, I think electronic data capture and RTSM are really two sides of a coin in, in a clinical trial. So EDC is about the, um, the capture of clean data and its delivery for analysis. Uh, whereas RTSM is less about um, that data capture side of things and more about the control of, of workflow at the site. So the RTSM principally has two jobs. Um, firstly, the control of a subject's progression through the trial. So making sure that the subjects are managed through screening, randomization, and all their subsequent visits in compliance with the protocol. So we make sure that visits happen in the right time frame, in the right order, and um, that the correct medication or devices are allocated at the correct time. And because we know how things should be happening, uh, we can also spot any potential deviations in good time and escalate that to the appropriate person. And the second big job of an RTSM is the control of the trial supplies, um, whether that's medication or devices. So it's very important when a subject comes in um, that there is something there for them. So if the site records a visit, um, we have medication or devices on the shelf ready to be allocated to them. So they're doing kind of different jobs, EDC and RTSM, but crucially, uh, they do share a reasonable amount of underlying data. So we use a lot of the same information um, that EDC captures, and that can be 
just basic details like the subject number, um, some basic demographics, um, visit dates, when they've been in, um, which medication they've been allocated, and also potentially factors that are involved in controlling transactions such as randomization, which might involve a stratification factor, and the dispensing of medication, which might involve something like um, a calculation based on body weight. So a lot of these pieces of information reside in, in both systems, um, the RTSM and in the EDC. So there's quite an overlap. Um, so the big benefit of an integration really is that it makes all involved parties happy. Um, site users, and, and we've experienced this for many years, they do not like doing things twice. Um, so if data can be captured in one system but used by both, then we make the, uh, the, the trial site users happy. Um, there's nothing they like less than entering data uh, details of a visit um, into the RTSM and then switching over to the EDC and entering the same information. It's um, tedious and you can understand why. So, so we can make them happy by integrating tightly. Um, but also we make, um, we make ourselves happy on the other side of the coin. The clinical trial management team, whether that's a CRO or whether that's um, the EDC group or the RTSM group, we don't like the sites having to enter information in two different places because it means we need to check that they've done it right. Um, so we need to run reconciliation exercises um, to check that anything they've entered in RTSM is the same that they've entered in EDC. And then in the event that there are discrepancies, which there always are, then we need to have some sort of management process and expend some resource um, to, to make sure um, that the two systems are in agreement um, before the database is to be closed. So it's really a win-win situation. Integration is good for the site users because they, um, they, they save time and effort. They only need to enter the data once. And it's good for us. It's good for the, uh, for the pharmaceutical um, industry and for the ancillary companies involved in managing the trial because it minimizes risk and workload associated with um, dealing with any inconsistencies between the two systems. Thank you. And you just hit on some of the complexities that are in clinical trials from duplicate data entry and managing multiple systems. How else does RTSM help manage complexity in an ever-increasing complex market? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, um, technology really is made for complexity. If there's one thing that computers do well, it's follow a complex process quickly, reliably, and reproducibly, um, which is something that people um, occasionally um, don't do quite so well. But to take it back a step, I think one of the major advantages of using a technology solution before you've even produced it is that the act of building, of, of scoping out an RTSM for a trial, forces the, um, the pharmaceutical company, the CRO, to, to take a step back and really, in a disciplined manner, work through the trial process. Um, because to automate something, you need to fully understand everything that can and might happen. So occasionally, when we're scoping out an RTSM, we might ask a question, um, what should the system do if X happens? Um, and for 19 out of 20 or 49 out of 50 of these questions, we can find that from the protocol or the sponsor will tell us. But occasionally it comes back with an, ah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, we, we don't actually know what's going to happen if you know we haven't planned for this eventuality. So the act of Developing the RTSM often forces a good disciplined approach to the trial process um, and perhaps identifies complexities where 
it wasn't apparent that that was there beforehand. So once you've really scoped through and, and run through all the logical branches, then the RTSM really comes into its own in the way I described earlier. It's fast, it's reliable, and it's reproducible. Um, so automation saves resources, and in particular, it saves the user's time at the site, and it reduces the risk of error. It's kind of obvious if you're talking about a complex trial, um, if you've got something like a three-way crossover double-blind with multiple stratification factors, yeah, you can easily see where someone managing that themselves, their scope for error. Um, whereas if you can build that in a fully automated system, that error is removed. But you can also reduce complexity and errors in some relatively simple processes that you, you don't immediately recognize as complex. So we were involved in a trial a while back where the site users had to recruit test subjects um, for the product. And they also had to recruit age-matched controls. And, and those age-matched controls had to be within plus or minus one month of the age of the test subjects. Now, we found when they were doing this that um, our RTSM was actually rejecting a significant proportion of their controls. Uh, so they would enter the data and we would reject them and say, sorry, that's not, a, not an age-matched control. Um, and the reason being, it turns out there was a systemic um, misinterpretation of the meaning of age-matched. Uh, so the site users um, and a lot of the CRAs were interpreting that as being birthday-matched. So they were looking for subjects that matched um, the test subject's birth date, plus or minus one month, whereas birth dates are actually fixed in time, um, whereas you get older every day. So by automating the process, we actually managed to catch a systemic error that would have um, caused the biostatisticians a lot of problems um, where the site users were systemically choosing controls who were older than their age-matched subjects by inadvertently using the birth date instead of the age. So that's the sort of process where if you're organized um, and, and you automate the decisions that need to be made, you can catch those particular errors um, and, um, and deal with that sort of complexity via a technology solution. So a lot of complexity, a lot of efficiencies that can be increased from the sites, um, from the studies. What else can RTSM do in helping reduce waste? I think that's, um, that's kind of simple one in terms of clinical trial supplies. Um, I think this, this, this is the, the TSM of RTSM is all to do with the management of supplies. And this is one of the key advantages of using a technology solution in that if we're randomizing the subjects, uh, we're managing the subjects through all the different visits, then we're a source of trustworthy data on the site's current status. We know which subjects are there, we know what's on the shelf, we know what the expiry date is, and we know what remaining visits subjects have. So we can build a supply chain um, that's demand-driven. So the supplies are pulled to the site to meet its requirements rather than pushed to the site um, based on some sort of forecast um, or based on a blanket decision that was made earlier that the site should have 10 kits on the shelf. So the RTSM reduces the waste of, of clinical trial supplies by ensuring that only the uh, supplies that are needed are sent to the site. Um, those supplies are, are used um, by the subjects that are there rather than sitting on the shelf and, uh, and perhaps feeding a returns and destruction system at the end of the day. Now, all trials are different, so um, 
when we talk about clinical trial waste, normally we're talking about waste of inventory. Um, and, and that probably applies to about 90% of the trials that we work in. But um, there, there are other sources of waste we can look at as well. So some trials might have a plentiful supply of quite modestly priced um, supplies. So if that's the case, so we can tune the supply chain to leave a reasonable amount of inventory at the site, perhaps more than they need because it's small, it's not taking up too much shelf space, it's moderately priced. Um, so we send enough to be safe. And by doing that, we save money on shipments. So we actually don't want to micromanage um, modestly priced, um, easily stored medication too much because we end up spending a lot of money on sending shipments, um, whereas it would have been less wasteful to have sent more medication at the beginning um, and just simply to rely on overage at site to supply the subjects. And at the other end, sort of the other extreme, um, some trials, and um, this, this is kind of the traditional trial where RTSM has become very powerful, um, some trials have very limited supplies of medication. Um, and that medication might be very expensive. Um, it might be limited simply because they haven't manufactured that much. And it might also have very specific, difficult, expensive um, handling conditions. Um, so perhaps it, it needs to be kept at minus 80 degrees. Um, so very few sites will have a large amount of storage space to keep that sort of medication. So in this case, it makes sense to tune the supply chain to minimize the inventory at site. So now we don't care if we're sending regular shipments because the expense of multiple small shipments is insignificant next to the expense of the, um, of, of the medication or the storage capabilities of the site for that medication. So a lot of trials will fall between those two. But it's really our job as RTSM providers to give some sort of consultancy to the um, to to the to the sponsors and say, look, you know, we've looked at your products and we've looked at the um, the requirements of the trial, and we're going to tune it such that we hit the sweet spot between shipping costs, um, manufacturing costs, and storage costs to get that supply chain um, as as efficient as we can for your particular trial, even if that occasionally goes right down to a just-in-time and delivery system where we're essentially sending products to the site to be used immediately. Amazing. Thank you. So bringing all these parts together, when looking at patient compliance, how does RTSM help? I think the main um, improvement in patient compliance is in keeping a track of whether the visits are hitting the appropriate targets. So RTSM tends to deal with live data because we're involved in, uh, in, in control of systems rather than in recording data, we need that data at the right time. So if we're randomizing a subject, um, we need to know the subject is sitting there at the site and we need to know the medication is at the, um, at the pharmacy and we can put those two together, randomize them, dispense the medication. And then from that point on, keep a very good track of when the subject is coming in for all their subsequent resupply visits. So that allows us to um, to raise alerts if we find that there are any potential issues with patient compliance, um, such as if the visit is late. Um, that that is the key metric. If if we were expecting a subject in um, on the tenth, on the eleventh nothing's happened, on the twelfth nothing's happened, on the thirteenth we can then raise an automated alert uh, that goes to the CRAs and um, and that can also go to the to the site to say we were expecting this subject in. 
Um, can you please chase them up and make sure that they keep on schedule, avoid protocol violations, um, or alternatively, let us know if the subject has been discontinued. That's the other potential issue with data not meeting um, the expectations. If a subject hasn't come in for their visit, it's, it's possible that they're late, they're not complying, or it's also possible that they were actually withdrawn a week ago and the site user hasn't yet got around to recording that transaction. So the RTSM can manage my system by keeping a track of what we're expecting the patient to do and, and then raising any alerts um, if anything different happens. And of course, the RTSM can also potentially integrate with an EPRO system. Um, so if the subject is um, recording something like a daily use of medication, then those records can, can flow through to the RTSM and we can use these records to inform us on decisions about dispensing to the subject. Um, if the subject perhaps runs out of medication, the RTSM can then trigger a shipment to ensure that that uh, the, the extra medication or additional medication is available for the subject. Um, particularly useful in trials where um, the medication is something like a cream um, where you can dispense one tube of cream on the expectation that one tube will last two weeks, but perhaps the subject um, is applying it over a larger area than expected and runs out of the medication after four days. So the RTSM can then come into play um, and be alerted that an additional tube is required and then dispense um, a tube of the appropriate type um, to the subject. Excellent. So you've hit on a couple of these points, but just wanted to get your summary of, you know, how does RTSM increase data quality and how does the integration of RTSM and EDC improve data accuracy? I think like EDC, we can um, incorporate inline checks in um, data that's entered into the IRT. So we can always catch potential um, data entry errors, um, out of range values, inconsistencies between two data points, um, that sort of thing, which can be used to, to flag up potential data quality issues, or even more importantly, to, to prevent them ever being entered, um, blocking obvious inconsistencies and requesting that the site double check um, the data before they enter it. But I think the main role um, of the RTSM in data quality is really enforcing the flow um, of activities into the correct sequence um, and, and the correct timeline and ensuring that data is entered in good time. So th this will prevent the occasional end of trial scramble to, to resolve queries and um, to chase missing data points and potentially to ask questions that can no longer be answered, um, but which could have been answered if the question had been asked, say, um, six months ago or a year ago when, when the data was fresh and when the subject was available. A good example of this is, is a subject that might have been screen failed or discontinued. Uh, they, they can simply disappear from a site workflow and simply be forgotten about um, until six months later, someone asks what's happened to this subject. Whereas the RTSM is always aware of when the data is expected. So we enforce a schedule of visits according to the protocol. So if, if a subject was expected for visit four, but nothing's been recorded, we can program in an alert for the site user and the CRAs to chase those missing data points and um, make sure that that data is entered when it's still fresh, um, when it's still available. And so ensure that, um, that better quality data is entered and ends up in the EDC system. And lastly, bringing it all together, 
How does RTSM possibly impact the results of a clinical trial and why? I think the key aspects are the the, the, the two control functions of the um, of the RTSM. So because we control um, a subject's progression through the trial, we're really there to make sure that things happen correctly and in compliance with the protocol. And that's a very positive um, impact on both the conduct of the trial and on the data that you get at the end of the trial. So making sure that visits happen in the correct time frame, making sure that um, that all the transactions and um, randomizations, um, the dispensation of medication, possible crossovers between different types of medication are all well controlled. So when it comes to the unblinding event at the end of the trial, um, the pharmaceutical company can be confident um, that, that they're going to get good quality data with very little in the way of um, protocol violations, unexpected um, data and subjects ending up in a a group of one because something strange has happened to, to, to that particular subject's progress through the trial. And secondly, as you mentioned earlier, efficiencies. Um, so that's how we will make the, um, the data better. Um, and data is really the end product of any, any clinical trial. Um, but the other side of things is how much money, how much time, how much resource um, do you spend on a trial? And if we can keep tight to control over the medication or the devices um, that, that are being used for your trial. Make sure that we can minimize the inventory um, that you need to manufacture, label, store, distribute, and then send backwards um, through a, a returns and destruction process. Then we can save time and money. So two big impacts really, improvement in the compliance with the protocol and um, ensuring that the subjects progress through the trial in the way the trial was designed and saving resources, um, making the trial better value. And I could keep asking you questions all day long because this is fascinating and you are amazing and truly a brilliant expert in this space, but we are out of time. So I want to thank you uh, for your information and sharing uh, all your brilliance with us. So thank you. Thanks very much. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed our chat. Thanks for listening to this episode of Trial Talks. To delve deeper into the insights and information you heard today, visit us at trialtalks.com.